Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear friend, God bless you. We thank the Lord for the privilege that He gives us to study together the Word of God. And especially, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, as we are studying together this very interesting chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, and it is chapter 15. I would like you please to turn your Bibles to open the Word of God and I would like you to look with me over the next verses that are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verses 29 to 34. Along with these verses we will also read verses 49 to 58 uh, that is really linked with the verses that we mentioned, verses 29 to 34. So I'm reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 29 to 34, and then verses 49 to 58. We are studying this chapter in, in the book of 1 Corinthians that deal with the resurrection, with the bodily resurrection. First of all, the bodily resurrection of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And secondly, the bodily resurrection of all uh, believers that have come to believe in God and to believe in the person of Yeshua the Messiah. This 15th chapter really deals with the fact of the resurrection of the body and not of the immortality of the soul. It is the body that is dying and sleeping and buried, but the soul and the spirit of the human race ever liveth. In other words, never die. It is immortal. And it is important for us to understand that the subject in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the subject of the resurrection of the body, of the body of Christ, of the Messiah, and the resurrection of the body of those that believe in God and those that have accepted the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. They redeem those that belong to the Lord. And so we read in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 29. Paul continues as he is writing to the Corinthian believers to give them the instructions concerning the resurrection of the body. And he says to them in verse 29, Else or otherwise, what shall they do which are baptized for the dead, if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? And why stand we in jeopardy every hour, I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus, in Mashiach Yeshua our Lord. I die daily. 
If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, uh, what advantages it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manner. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God, I speak this to your shame. Let's go over verses 35 to 48. We will take, we will deal with them in our next meeting, our next session, beloved brothers and sisters, and continue from verse 49 to 58. And as we have borne, the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so here, beloved brothers and sisters, we have read together in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 29 to 34, and then we continued from verse 49 to 58, and in the will of the Lord we will Deal with the verses, verse 35 to 48, in our next meeting together. Now, let me remind you once again, beloved brothers and sisters, that we are dealing now in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 with one of the most important subjects, really, in the Word of God. The bodily resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah and the bodily resurrection of believers in God, believers in Christ, believers in Yeshua, the Messiah. And we have already shared with you, beloved brothers and sisters, two meetings concerning this 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We have covered verses 1 to 19, and in these verses the Apostle Paul, Shaul, answered the Corinthians to the question, Are the dead raised? And in the first 19 verses, the Apostle Shaul Paul 
provided an answer to the Corinthian believers that yes, the dead are going to be raised. And that's why he asked them this question in verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? And then he emphasized the fact that the Messiah did rise. In verse 17, Christ be raised from the dead. He mentioned that in various verses in these First Corinthians chapter 15, that the Messiah did rise. And if you remember, this is part of the gospel. When he began this 15th chapter, he said in verse 3, For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. The Messiah did rise. That is the message of the gospel. But not only did the Messiah have risen, but all those who trusted in him, they will rise again. Yes, there is a resurrection of the dead. And that's what he emphasized in the first 19 verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And so he continued now, and in verses 20 to 28, he gave them a second answer to their second question, when are the dead raised? In verses 20 to verse 28, which we have covered, the apostle Shaul Paul gave the Corinthians the answer, and he says in verse 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead, and he became the first fruit of them that, that slept. In other words, he became the first fruit of all them, namely all believers, all believers that slept, but their soul and the spirit is with the Lord, awaiting the day of the resurrection. And the resurrection will be in order, as the apostle says, every man at his own order, at his own rank, in verse 23. Christ the first fruit, and afterward they that are Christ, that belong to the Messiah at his coming. We dealt with that, beloved brothers and sisters. The Messiah Yeshua rose some 2,000 years ago. The church saints will rise at the rapture of the church, which can be at any time. Those that died in Christ, in Jesus, their body is sleeping. Their body will be resurrected, reunite with their soul and spirit, and they will be taken to heaven before the tribulation at the rapture of the church. Then some seven years after, at the end of the tribulation, the tribulation saints will rise and Old Testament or what we call it, the people of Israel, the Jewish saints and even prior to them will rise up and they will be also resurrected and they will be entering with the Messiah to the Messianic kingdom, to the thousand years reign of the Messiah and they will live with him for a thousand years according to Revelation chapter 20. Now, in these verses, beloved brothers and sisters, verses 29 to 34, and also link with them, verses 49 to 58, the Apostle Paul is responding and answering 
to the question, why are the dead raised? And this is very important. Why is there altogether a resurrection? Why God still wishes for the resurrection of the dead? Well, to remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, that according to God's word, God created his people for his own pleasure. And God created mankind in his own image. In other words, in chapter 1 and verse 27, we do read, So God created man in his own image. And what does that mean to be created in God's image? That means that every one of us that are descendants of Adam, Adam was created out of the dust, and God breathed unto his nostril uh, the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. So we read, So God created Adam in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. In other words, God created mankind, people, male and female, in his own image, having spirit, soul, and body. The body is what we have. Each one of us have this human body. We have a soul. It's the seat of our emotion and our feeling. But we also have the spirit, the human spirit, which can relate to God. No animal can relate to God. No plant can relate to God. Because only mankind, people, only the human race, were created in the image and in the likeness of God, a triune person. God, there is only one God, Echad, but that God, Echad, the one God, consists and exists as a, a triune God in the three persons and personalities of the Godhead. Ha'aba, the Father, Ha'ben, Ha'ruach, Ha'ben, the Son, and Ha'ruach, the Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When Adam was created, and you and I were created, uh, were descendants of Adam, we have spirit, soul, and body. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, wishing that the believers will be preserved, whole spirit, soul, and body. And God created mankind for his own pleasure. In fact, we read, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. You see, everything, every day when God created, it was good. But when God created the human race, he said not only it was good, tov. But even more, beloved brothers and sisters, he used the word tov me'od, very good. Why? Because God delight in the human race, in Adam and Eve and their descendants. And you and I are created for the pleasure of God. In Hebrew, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31, it says, Vehine tov me'od. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, Vehine, it was very good. Tov me'od. Tov me'od. Very good. Later on, of course, as we read in the book of Proverbs, 
we find out that the human race were created for the pleasure of God, and that God delight in men. And so in Proverbs chapter 8, we read, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His ways, before His works of all. This is in verse 22 of Proverbs chapter 8. And here you have wisdom personified, and really it's speaking about God the Son as men, uh, the wisdom of God, and He was the delight of God in eternity past. And because sin have entered into this world because of the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden, then men became in the distance, He died spiritually, and then He will die physically, and He will die eternally if He doesn't have forgiveness of sins. God had to enter into this world and become a man. The Son of God took union humanity with His divine nature. And the purpose behind that is that He will die for the sin of mankind, that He will save those who will believe on Him and will give them life, eternal life. And so we find out from verse 22 to verse 31 of Proverbs chapter 8. I'll read verse 30. And I was by him. This is the God the Son is speaking. The wisdom of God is one brought with him. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the inhabited part of the earth. And my delight were with the sons of men, with Bnei Ha'adam. God delight in mankind. That's why he created Adam in his own image. Because God intended to have the human race to be with him forever. And so he created mankind in his own image. In the image of God created he them Male and female created he them. And so now in answering to the third question as to why are the dead raised, we realize that the dead are raised because God desired the human race that were, were dead after sin came into this world. And death means separation. They were separated from him. Sin separates mankind from God, the human race from God. And therefore, God wanted to restore His creation, the human race. And that's why He sent the Messiah, His Son, to become a man, in order that the mankind who trusted in the provision of God can receive life and be with God forever. Well, that's what we read, actually, in Colossians 1, verse 16, For by Him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principality or power. All things were created by Him, but notice, and for Him. God created you and I, my dear friend, God created the human race for His own pleasure. That is exactly why Shaul Paul wrote this to the Colossian in Colossians 1 and verse 16. Later on, Yohanan 
that is John. When John was receiving the book of the revelation of the person of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, John wrote of what he saw that is going on in heaven after the redeemed were caught to be around the throne of God in heaven. John is recording all the songs that are being sung of God and of his Son, the Messiah, who died for the sins of this world. And we do read in verse 10 and 11 of Revelation chapter 4, And the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne, and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, God Thou art worthy, thou art worthy, why thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, why? For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You see, God created all things for his own pleasure, And because mankind were created for his own pleasure, God wanted to restore the fallen human race who fell into sin and died spiritually and also died physically, separating from the body and the soul. And if they are not accepting God's way of salvation, they will die eternally. And so whoever did come to faith in God and accepted God and God's love and God's grace, he or she became restored to God spiritually. And although their body, they will die physically here on earth, they are waiting for the day of resurrection where their whole spirit and soul and body together will be in the presence of God for time and for eternity. And this is why the dead are raised. But Shaul Paul now gives us additional information for verses 29 to 34 and verses 49 to 58 as to why the dead are raised. And so you notice that Paul shows us the motivation, the incentive to live godly lives. And he presents the four areas in believers' experience that the truth of resurrection was an influence on them. In other words, if there is a resurrection of the dead, and one day all that belong to the Lord will stand before God, Well, this life here ought to motivate us to live for God because one day we are going to stand before Him. And when we will be standing before God, it will be for the believers of the church age at the rapture. So the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive shall be caught together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and we will stand in the presence of God. And therefore, in order to motivate and to give incentive to live godly life here, 
Paul presents an area, four areas in the life of every one of us who belong to the Lord to produce for us an influence in our life to live godly lives. And that is because of the truth of the fact that one day there will be that resurrection. And this is why believers in the Lord Jesus the Messiah are being motivated to live for God here in this world. And so here are the four-fold areas in the life of the believers in the Lord Jesus the Messiah to live godly lives because there is the truth of the resurrection. So the first area is in the area of the ministry of evangelism, to share the message of the gospel. That's why Shaul Paul says in verse 29 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, else or otherwise, after he already covered the first 28 verses and dealt with the question as to are the dead raised? Yes. When the dead rise, they will be raised at the rapture of the church. Just before the rapture, as the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then why are they raised, he's saying now, he continues, he answers in verse 29, otherwise if there is no resurrection, what shall they do that are baptized for the dead if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? Now this is very important because the word baptism, very interesting, beloved brothers and sisters, the, the apostle uses here the word baptize, And why does he use the word baptize in verse 29? Because the word baptize comes from the Greek word baptizo. And the word baptizo in Hebrew is lehitavel or tvila. Baptizo simply means to identify. To identify, to dip in, to be immersed, to be submerged. In other words, What shall they do that are baptized, that submerge themselves for the dead? What does he mean here? That there are those that have already died, believers that live godly here in this world, they are dead, they died, they sleep in Yeshua, they are in the grave. And a new generation, new believers come and they take their place. They are being immersed They are being submerging themselves in a sense of taking their place. It has nothing to do with water baptism here. It has to do with being identifying with the position that the others that have already died used to take. And the dead, those that died already, that are now sleeping in Jesus, they are in the grave. They were believers who lived for God. So the new believers take their place. And so they take their place, so we can read it, else what shall they do which take the place of those that have already died? If those that die rise not, if there is no resurrection, why should a new believer take the place of an older believer that died and now he is Oshia in the grave? Why are they then baptized for the dead? Now, make sure that you don't make any mistake here. There is no such a thing that someone can go into water baptism and baptize for another one that have already died. No. 
decision for Christ, for the Messiah, salvation, decision for the Lord, faith in the Lord, faith in God, has to be determined today when one is alive. One who have already died, his destiny of already have been decided for him or for her, if their sins were forgiven, they are going to be eternally with the Lord. But if they have died without the Messiah, without faith, in the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, they are eternally lost. This is important to understand. Of course, it's easily said, but this is what the Word of God says. John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. Then verse 36b, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abideth on him. So those that are baptized for the dead, they are those that are identifying in their life here on earth with believers that live for God, and they have left this world by dying, they are buried, the body is buried, waiting the day of resurrection. So the new generation who take their place here on earth identifying with the Lord Jesus the Messiah and his rejection just like their brethren before them who are no longer here. This is important to understand beloved brothers and sisters. In other words, the fact of the resurrection motivate the believers to take the place of those that have gone before. This is why new believers uh, identify with the testimony of others that have already have been taken out of this scene. Now, of those who have died before them, they will be resurrected, and they will be one day being taken to be with the Lord. So, the new believers who identify with the testimony that their brethren have had concerning the gospel and the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, they have their testimony gone before them and after them, and the new believers are continuing on and taking their place here in testimony, witnessing concerning Yeshua, the Messiah, to the world, and replacing those that have already died. Remember, beloved brothers and sisters, that it is appointed unto men once to die. None of us will escape the sure death. God said to Adam already, If you will eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, dying you shall die. Mot temutun. You will die physically, and you will die eternally if you don't have forgiveness of sins. And so, it is motivating the new believers to share the message of the gospel. This is amazing. And therefore the word baptizo, or in Hebrew lehitavel, in Greek baptizo, in Hebrew tvila, in the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, has to do with taking their place, identifying with their brethren that have already passed away. And then in verse 30, 31 and 32, the next area of believers' experience that the truth of the resurrection has an influence on them is not only the area of the ministry of sharing the gospel evangelization, but also 
in the area of willing to go through sufferings. You know, when you really think about many, many believers, whether it is in these days of the church age, or whether it is before the Messiah came in Israel's history, many godly Jewish men and women lived for the God of our fathers, the God of Israel. And many godly believers, Jewish and Gentile believers in Yeshua, who part of the assembly, the ecclesia, the church of God, in these last 2,000 years of church history, of assembly history, also did uh, suffered for the name of Yeshua the Messiah, including the apostle Shaul Paul, who suffered so much for the name of Yeshua, for the name of Jesus the Messiah. And so in verse 30, 31, and 32, the second area is the willingness, the area of the willingness to go through suffering. We read in verse 30, Paul saying, Why we stand in jeopardy every hour? Why, he says in verse 30, Why, if, if there is no resurrection, why do we suffer? Why we stand in, in jeopardy every hour? When you really think about it, just read 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 6, 2 Corinthians 11, how much suffering the Apostle Paul had to suffer for the name of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. We do read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23, Are they ministers of the Messiah? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundantly, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in death often. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeying often, in perils, of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in a city, in perils in a wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily the cares of all the assemblies. You see, Shaul Paul suffered, and many believers suffered. Many, in again, to remind you both, in every generation, whether it is before the Messiah came in the history of Israel, or whether it is in the days of the assembly, Many men and women of God suffered for the name of God in this world. They believe God. They believe God, beloved brothers and sisters. They trusted Him, and therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. You know, in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11, we read in verse 35, Said women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trials of cruel mockings and scourging, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, and they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they were they wandered about in 
and the sheepskin and goatskin being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves in the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. In other words, God having provided some better things for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. In other words, in every generation, those godly men and women, God have blessed them and encouraged them, but they took the place of suffering before in this world. And that's why it is motivated them, because there is a resurrection. And why? Because God desired to have mankind, the human race, men and women, godly men and women who love him, to be with him forever. That's why he will raise the dead. But the dead of the believers, the believers will rise to eternal union with God when sin will be no more. The unregenerated, the unbelievers will also rise later on only to be cast into the lake of fire. In verses 31 and 32, Paul said, I die daily. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31, Paul said, I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Messiah Yeshua our Lord. I die daily. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it me? If the dead rise not, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. In other words, if there is no resurrection, let's eat, let's drink, because tomorrow we die anyway if there is no resurrection of the dead. Why should we suffer here in this world and identify with God and with the rejected Messiah if there is no resurrection, Paul is saying. And he's quoting Isaiah 22 and verse 13. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Anyway we die, if there is no resurrection. Just live our life here, the best pleasure here in this world, without God, if there is no resurrection. You see, Paul believed in the resurrection. And beloved brothers and sisters, the Bible teaches us that even every believer, one day we will appear before God, and God is going to give an account, take an account, and we will give an account as to how we live our life here in this world as believers as well. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 10 tell us, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, of the Messiah that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. There is a resurrection of the people of God. We will be standing one day at the judgment seat of the Messiah, and we will give an account how did we live our lives as believers here on earth. And then all the evil thing that we have done as believers will be cast aside, burned by fire, and only what we have done for the Messiah will last. But because we belong to Yeshua, we accepted Him as our Lord, Messiah, and Savior, we are eternally forgiven. And therefore, after the resurrection, we have the judgment seat of Christ. Whatever was done for Him will 
be retained. Whatever was done for self and for the world will be burned. And from there on, those that belong to the Lord will live with God, will live with the Messiah, spirit, soul, and resurrected and changed body forever and ever. So now in verse 33 and 34 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul points to the to the third area in the experience of all believers here in this world, and this is the area of not only the area of evangelism, sharing the gospel, the area of sufferings here in this world, but also the area of desiring to live a separated life, in other words, to live a life which is separated unto the Lord and separating from sin, from an ongoing sin in our life, unjudged sin. And so in verses 33 and verse 34, the apostle Paul showed the Corinthian that if one is a living life carelessly, affiliating with with those that live life in sin and continue on with that, rejecting God, rejecting the Messiah, evil communication will produce in God's people a debt which is dishonoring to the Lord. It will corrupt many. So you notice what we read in verse 33 and 34. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. And then he said, awake to righteousness, and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. So again, remember that this letter was written to the Corinthian believers. They are saints. They are children of God. They've accepted Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. But the whole conduct was pretty sad, disobedience to the Lord. Divisions, immorality, taking each other to court, divorces, lack of liberty, abusing one another, and they were abusing of the Lord's table. And specifically, this 15th chapter, some did not believe or were doubting the truth of the resurrection. They were influenced, but by others that have crept in and came into the assembly, And there were those that were skeptics who says, no, there is no resurrection of the dead. The body will not rise. So we can, you know, we're okay. We can do as we please. That's why Paul thought it necessary to respond to those who said there is no resurrection of the dead. And specifically, verse 12 Paul wrote to them, If the Messiah be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some, not all, some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? And so notice in verse 33 and 34, he's saying to them of the 15th chapter, he says, Listen, don't be deceived. Evil communication will corrupt good manner. If you are going to be a living relationship with those that live evil life, it will corrupt your manner of life. You will not live godly in the Messiah Yeshua. You will not be separated from sin. And then he said, awake! And he's speaking to the Corinthians, speaking to you and I also. Awake! Awake to what? Not to sin, but awake to righteousness, to seek to live a good, godly life. 
Sin not. Don't live in sin. We fall into sin from time to time. That's why we can go to the throne of grace. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 verse 9. And therefore He said, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. And He's speaking to the Corinthians. It is to your shame. Some do not have the knowledge of God and therefore you are responsible to live a godly life so you can share the gospel, so you can identify with the rejected Messiah and so you will be separated from living a life of sin. What a challenge it is for all of us. And why are they at the dead raised? Because one day, we will be with God, with the Lord in heaven, spirit, soul, and glorified body, suitable for heaven. And in heaven, we will sin no more. And if that's what will happen in eternity, in the presence of God, and with the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, shouldn't the believers seek to do so already now, in some small measure, with the help of the Spirit of God? Of course! And this is what the Apostle Paul is communicating with the Corinthian believers, their brothers and sisters. And so now, the fourth area of believers' experience that the truth of the resurrection was an, a, a influencing them is found a little bit later, the end of 1 Corinthians 15. That's why we will jump for now. We will jump over verse 35 to verse 48, and we will go to verse 49. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 49 to 58. And the fourth area of believers' experience concerning the truth of the resurrection that influence believers, you and I and all believers, is the reality of death. The reality of death. The fact that we one day have to die and uh, now every one of us will one day die, the body will be in the grave. This is a reality. And so in these next verses, all the way from verse 49 to 58, Paul is speaking concerning the heavenly kingdom is not made for the kind of bodies that we have now. We will have to go through death. And the heavenly kingdom, or in other words, eternity, is made for body that are suitable for eternity. And since all of us will have to die, because we can see, beloved friends and dear brothers and sisters, every one of us can see how our bodies are decaying. We were babies once, we were born. As we grow up in our life, we can see how we age. Our strength is lessened. Our appearance change. The decay surely come in, and we can see it, beloved brothers and sisters, in each and every one 
of our life, we can definitely see how things are changing in every one of our life, and we see how we are no longer the same as, as we get older. You remember what uh, King Solomon said to the young people of Israel in Ecclesiastes 12. Remember now thy creator in the day of thy youth, while while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house, and then he began to give a list of all the the decaying of the human body that will ultimately lead us to die. The keepers of the house shall tremble. The strong men shall bow themselves. The grinders cease because they are few. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. He's speaking about the shoulders and the feet, the legs and the teeth and the, the eyes. Everything is falling apart and ultimately we are dying. The expression Dying you shall die in Hebrew, motemutun means there will be a process of decay. People may go to fix all their bodies, go to the doctors and go to the dentists and go to the, to those that can fix their body and exercise and eat right and everything, but no one can stop the, the process of decay. The whole creation is groaning and not only there, even we ourselves as believers, a groaning within ourselves, waiting for the redemption of this body. And so, Paul is showing to the Corinthians what he's showing to you and I, the fourth area of the experience in life that show us that we will die but we will be resurrected in order that our glorified, changed body will be suitable for the eternal heavenly kingdom and eternal order. That's why God desire now to restore mankind to himself. And in order to restore them, he first dealt with the sin question when he sent his son who took humanity with his divine nature. And as man, he died, he became a sacrifice, a sin offering for the sin of the world. And whoever will believe in him will receive forgiveness of sins. And then there is a day in which the body of all the believers will be resurrected and changed and will be taken to heaven to be together with their soul and spirit and with all the redeemed in heaven for time and eternity where sin will be no more. And so notice in verse 49 to verse 58 what we read. In verse 49, For as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. You see, you and I were created now for this earth, and we are born the image of the earthy. But when we will be resurrected, we will bear the image of the heavenly. In other words, we will receive a body that is suitable for the presence of God. This is so beautiful, beloved brothers and sisters. That is what we read here in verse 40, 
and 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You see, we will receive suitable body that will be suitable for the presence of God in heaven. You remember what we read in John chapter 14. We do read in verse 19, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. And you see, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, after he died, he, he himself had a body that is, his human body was suitable for heaven. And, and that's why if you remember in chapter 20, we read that when he came to appear before his disciples, he entered in on the first day of the week, when the, the doors were shut, where the disciples assembled together for the fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst. And he said to them, Peace be unto you. In other words, there is a resurrected body that we all will receive suitable for heaven. In verse 50, he continued and he said, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Well, the flesh and blood that you and I have, this sinful body, the sinful nature that we also have because of our sin nature that we have inherited from Adam, that's why it cannot be in the presence of God. And therefore, God will have to give us a body that will be suitable for heaven. He already dealt with our sin question when Yeshua died on the tree. So, flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is exactly what Yeshua said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus approached him and said to him, We know that thou art a man that come from God. And Yeshua said to him, if you remember, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He continued to say, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And he explained to him that he must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God, but he must receive a body that is suitable for heaven. And therefore, in verse 50, no flesh can enter into the kingdom of God, into the eternity, in the presence of God. In verse 51 and 52, he is explaining Paul to the Corinthians. In verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, not all believers will die. Why? Because at the rapture of the assembly, First Thessalonians chapter 4, the dead in Messiah will rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air to meet the Lord in the air. So, not all believers will die. Why? Because when the church will be taken out of here, all believers that died will rise first and change. And then all believers that will still be alive, which will happen today, Every believer that is still alive here and now will be changed. 
will receive a body that is suitable for God's presence, for heaven. And all those that died already, that are sleeping in Yeshua, will rise and their bodies will be changed. Their body will be changed. The dead that will rise, their body will be changed. The living, their body will be changed. And together, all the redeemed will be caught up to meet the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. In verse 52, after he showed that mystery, he says, in a moment, and he's explaining now in verse 52, that the change that will take place, and he says, not as in a moment, this is an atom of time, atomos in the Greek, and it will be so fast, and then in the twinkling of an eye, not in a winking of an eye, even smaller portion, in the twinkling of an eye, this is one-sixth of a nanosecond. Amazing to think. It will be so fast, according to verse 52, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, notice that, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, here is where some make the mistake by saying, you see, it says that the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and immediately they take us into the book of Revelation, that in the book of Revelation, from chapter 8 to chapter 11, we have the, the trumpet, the seven trumpets that will be sound during the tribulation period, and that's why some mistakenly saying, you see, at the last trump, in other words, they will be here, the church will still be here during the tribulation. But the mistake that those who teach that, the mistake that they do is that they don't understand that when Paul was writing this epistle, sometime at around 55, 56, 57, 59 AD, he wrote this letter to the Corinthians long before the Apostle Yohanan John received the revelation of Yeshua the Messiah. When Yohanan John received the book of Revelation from the glorified Messiah, it was around at least um, some 35, 40 years later. John, Yohanan, did not know of all the details that he received from the glorified Messiah later on on the island of Patmos when Yeshua, Jesus, gave him this information concerning the chronological events that will take place during the tribulation days. So the Apostle Shaul Paul does not speak about the last trump of the seven trumpets judgment that will come during the tribulation, but he's speaking of the last trump of the trumpets that are sound in connection with the feast of the Lord. The feast of trumpet. In Hebrew it's called Yom Truah. When there are various trumpets that are sound in his days, of course, it was in the synagogues. And it was still in the temple in Yerushalayim when the temple still stood. Again, to remind you that the Apostle Paul was not a Greek philosopher, but he was a Jewish rabbi. He was a Jewish Pharisee, Parush. He knew biblical 
truth that God had given to Israel very well. He knew the Torah, he knew the law, he knew the commandment that God had given his people Israel. And he did not know and he didn't have the information that Yohanan received later on, some 35 years later, when he was on the island of Patmos and he received the truth concerning the revelation, including the chronological order of the tribulation period and even the messianic kingdom, the thousand years reign of the Messiah and even the eternal order, Revelation 21 and 22. It is good to bear this in mind. It is very important. The last trump is the final long of the blowing of the shofar on the Jewish feast on the, of the Feast of Trumpet. The last trumpet sound. And this is the last call of God when He, through the Messiah, will call His people to come to Him. So at the last trump, the sound of the trump, the dead shall be raised, incorruptible. Notice that, incorruptible, no decay. And we shall be changed. We, this is the one that are alive, because Shaul Paul was assuming that he himself will be raptured. And, of course, those with who died already in Yeshua will be resurrected. Notice in verse 53 and 54, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on the immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the, the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. You see, beloved friends, it is amazing that death will be swallowed up in victory. And the victory is the resurrection of those that died in Jesus, in Yeshua. This is amazing how important it to learn these beloved brothers and sisters. Death will be defeated because death is the separation of the body from the soul and the spirit. And when the believers will rise in the days of the last trump, and they will be changed and will meet the Lord in the air, death will be swallowed up in victory. And the victory is the resurrection from among the dead, the bodily resurrection from among the dead. And so Paul concludes here in verses 55, 56, and 57, and 58, where he says, O death, where is thy victory? Notice that he says in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? You see, death is like a sting. Death of the body is like a sting. And the grave is, has to do with the fact that death has relationship with the body. The grave is, has to do with Hades, with where the soul is, was in Hades. And there no longer any sting or any victory for death because now the resurrection, the sure resurrection will come to pass and death and the grave has no longer a victory.
because of the fact that Yeshua the Messiah paid for sins and promised the resurrection of the body. Paul continued to say in verse 56, he says the sting of death is sin. You see, when we sin, God said to Adam, the day that you will eat out of this tree, in other words, the day that you will violate my word and you will sin, you will disobey, you shall surely die. So death came because of sin. And the strength of sin is the law. What does that mean? That means that the law, God's holy law, only strengthens the fact that God is holy and that man is a sinner. Because the law, the Torah, revealed to us God's righteous, God's holiness, God's righteousness, God's purity. And it's like a mirror that we look at ourselves and we see when God said, Thou shalt, we don't do it. When when God said, Thou shalt not do, we do it. And that's why strength of sin is seen in the Torah, in the law. It only strengthens the fact that we are sinners and that we have sin nature. And for this reason, the Messiah had to come and to die for the sin of this world, for your sins and mine. God's law is holy. And the problem is not with God's law. The problem is with man's sin nature. When God gave the Torah to our people of Israel, He didn't give the law, the Torah, for our people of Israel to be saved through. But He gave to our people Israel the Torah, the law, in order that the law will show them that they need the Messiah, the Mashiach. The purpose of the law was to lead us to the Messiah, to Christ. And all the sacrifices that were offered in days of old, the animals that died pointed to the Messiah, to Yeshua, to Jesus, the Messiah, who will die as a sacrifice for the sin of this world. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, we do read now in verse 57, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory, notice, through our Lord Jesus the Messiah. The victory that believers have, it is only through our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Why? Because when He died, our sins were paid. When we have come to faith in Him, God have accepted us and forgave our sins. That's why we read in Scripture, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why we read, He that has the Son, has life. That's why Yeshua said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest, Shabbat rest of eternity, forgiveness of sins. That's why we read in Romans chapter 4, He was delivered for our offenses, but He was raised for our justification. Romans 4 verse 25. And so how wonderful it is The victory that we have over death is through faith in the person and the work of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. And so he concluding here with verse 58, 
And Apostle Shaul Paul is saying to the believers, Therefore, my beloved brethren, verse 58 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Therefore, my beloved, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. Continue on to labor for the Lord. It is not in vain, because as you live for the Lord, the Lord will reward you. He will use you here and now as you serve Him. But there is a day coming when the resurrection of the body of all the believers And God will give us a glorified body. He will change this body, incorruptible body that will be suitable for heaven. And together with the soul and the spirit of each and every one of us, we will be forever with the Lord. And because God delight in mankind, and because God created mankind for his own pleasure, this is why are the dead raised. For God's pleasure and for men joy and eternal blessing. Do you know the Lord Yeshua the Messiah as your Lord and Savior? Have you accepted Him who loved you and gave Himself for you? Do you realize that one day we all will have to stand before God? If you have turned your heart to Yeshua the Messiah, you will be eternally saved. And should you pass out of this scene at any time, today, tomorrow, and any time, your body will be placed in the tomb, in the grave. Your spirit and your soul will be taken out of you to be absent from the body and present with the Lord until the day of their resurrection. And that day of resurrection will be a day that the grave and death will be defeated. And this corruption will receive incorruption. And this mortal will receive immortality. And therefore, the subject here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is dealing, beloved friend, dear brothers and sisters, with the resurrection of the body, of the human body, and not with the immortality of the soul, because the soul never dies. But if a believer, if a person is a believer, his soul, and later on at the resurrection, along with his body, will spend eternity in a place of blessing with God. And if a person leaves this world without forgiveness of sins, he or she, their soul will be in eternity with their body that will be resurrected at the end of the Messianic kingdom to be cast into the lake of fire. How sad that will be. And that's why, my dear friend, we appeal to you today, read the Word of God and see how much God loves you and how much He was willing to do for you when He gave the Mashiach of Israel, the Savior of the world, to die for your sins. Turn to Him. Accept Yeshua as your Lord and Savior and you will find that you will have eternal salvation. Well, beloved friend, we have finished with the third answer, why are the dead raised? And in the will of the Lord, in our next meeting together, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 35 to 48, we will deal with the subject of how are the dead raised? Well, until the next time, we say God bless you and shalom, shalom. Uh
You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Thank you.